Amen. So Philippians chapter number one, we're going to read verses three through six. Philippians chapter one, verses three through six. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation of Philippians chapter one, verses three through six. And when you got to say, yo, I got it. Amen. And it says this. It says, every time I think of you, and this is Paul talking, the Apostle Paul. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time that you first heard it until now. And I am certain in verse six that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. And so I want to talk to you today about the work of Christ. The work of Christ. And as I began to think about this a few months ago, obviously a new pastor, new starting service. I'm like, man, what, what would be the first message I would preach at our very first Sunday service? And, you know, I, I know a lot of times some churches, they start with their mission and they start with their vision and they start with their values and they start with different things. And I said, that sounds really good, but I want to make sure we start in the right place that it, it's not about our vision and our mission and our values of our church. Let's start with Christ first. Let's let's, let's if, that way. If you never come back, you know that we're on Christ first. Yeah. That that is the foundation and the starting point of everything that we are doing going forward from this day. So if you come back in a couple weeks, I'll dig more into our vision. I'll dig more into our mission and our values. But today I want to make sure that we start at the at the at the most important place, and that's starting on the foundation of Christ. And so today we deal with an, an anatomy of starts. Everything has a foundation. Everything has a starting point from relationships to careers, to families, to businesses, to even I was an engineering major when I was in college before I changed to music because clearly music is my love. Uh, we don't talk about that, right? Uh, but as I was doing a few of those engineering classes that you know wasn't going too great, we, we, talked, we talked a lot about it was civil engineering. So this dealt with a lot of buildings and a lot of structures, right? And this type of steel and this type of concrete and you got to do these type of calculations to understand all this stuff that I clearly didn't understand so I switched to music and said oh I'm getting A's in music but I'm getting D's in engineering classes but I did I do still understand I like to look at buildings all these buildings and structures they have a structure and a foundation to them which is most of the time the most important part of anything that you do everything has a foundation and a start and what we want to establish is that the start of the rock is on Christ the start of the rock is on Christ. The foundation of everything that we'll do going forward is on Christ. And the foundation of your life is on Christ. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, it says that he, he that began a good work within you will continue his work until it says he that began a good work. The first thing is that Jesus Christ has started the work. Jesus Christ has started this work. And guess what? Jesus Christ has started a work in you. He began this work of salvation. He began this work of redemption, this work of deliverance. The reason that we're here is because Christ started something in us. The reason that we are here is because the reason that we are saved is because he started something. Else. The reason that we can walk in power now is because he started something in us. You know, when I was growing up, I have other siblings. Uh, my parents will attest to that. We have other siblings. And sometimes, you know, when, you know, as I got kids, too. So, you know, when a fight break out, something's like, who started it? The parents come in like, who? Who started this mess? Who, who started this case? Who, who, who's, who punched who first? And when we, look at our, <laughs> when we look at our walk with Christ, we have to always remember, and anything that God has called us to, we have to always remember, who started this? Was this my own idea that I just got because I needed something to do? 
Corey, you need, I need to preach, so I'm going to start a church. That, that's a bad reason to do that. Amen. I need something to do, so I'm just going to start three or four businesses that I don't, I'm not even doing my, my nine to five well. And I begin to have to think about this, like, who, who really started this thing? Am I here because of my own vision, my own work, or my own, uh, my own goodness? Or am I here because Christ began to pursue something in me? The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says that, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God started this process by chasing us down, relentlessly pursuing us and overshadowing us with his love, grace, and mercy. He started this thing by chasing us. We were not looking for God. He was looking for us. You were not as, as nice as you are and nice, whatever. You weren't looking for God. He was looking for you, though. He was chasing after you, though. The Bible says while we were still sinners, he said, I'm going to go ahead and send Christ to begin this process of starting something in you. The Bible says in John 15 and 16, it says that you didn't choose me. Remember, he said, remember, you didn't choose me. You didn't say, I need Jesus. No, the reason you said it is because the Holy Spirit was already in there. It says no one can even come to, the, come to Christ unless the Father draws him. He says, I begin this pursuit of you. I begin this draw of you. I begin this stirring up in you that wouldn't allow you to rest. I begin this vision in you that wouldn't allow you to sit complacent. I started this in you, Christ. I was not looking for him, but he was looking for me. No matter how good of a person I was or thought I was, it was Christ who began to pursue me. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, it says that he predestined us. I love that scripture. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. He before creation began, he said, there's a work to be done in you that I've already begun. And no one else can take credit for it. No one else can say that it was me. No one else can say they were righteous enough. No one else can say they were holy enough or worthy enough. But Jesus is the one who started it. He that began a good work. He that began the formation in us. And if Jesus didn't start it, it would not have begun. If Jesus didn't save you, it would not have been done. If Jesus didn't give the vision, it would not be here. If Jesus did not get the ball rolling, it wouldn't be rolling. So the first thing is that Christ started the work. So begin to look back at your life and say, okay, God, what is it that you have started in me? What is it that you are bubbling up in me? What is the thing that you are calling me to that won't, it won't even allow me to rest? It won't even allow me to sleep. It won't even allow me to get in my comfort zone. But I have to move towards the place that you've already started. I have to move towards the thing that you have already started. And because we know he started the process, he's laid the foundation. He's began the work in us. The next part, it says that he that began the work will continue his work. Not only does Jesus Christ start the work, but he sustains the work. He sustains the work. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will sustain and support and continue this work of sanctifying us and maturing us until we are mature sons and daughters in Christ. He matures us in holiness. He matures us in walking in the spirit. Clearly, as I had to learn a few weeks ago, that you still got some maturing to do, Corey. He matures us in walking in the gifts. He matures us in love, in faith, in goodness, in purpose, in calling, in destiny. He is the one who doing this work in us. So maturing us. Even I said earlier before we started, I said that, you know, the very first worship service we had, it was me and my wife and my friend Jason came and played guitar. We worshiped for an hour. That was it. And I looked out and I said, God, you are maturing the work. And it's not about numbers. I'm not saying about people and numbers, but you are maturing even myself. You are maturing the leaders. You are maturing the body, right? 
I begin to think about this process for the last two years of the rock and say, God, you are slowly matured us, even through COVID maturing us, even through the child mature, even through division, maturing us through this process from seed form to full growth. He began the work and he will sustain the work. And the one who started the work is responsible for sustaining the work. Come on. He started the work. So now the weight is on him to continue to sustain. But see, now if I started it myself, now I got to sustain. If I do it in my own strength, now I have to continue it in my own strength. But if I go and begin to do the things that he's already started, he said, get in line with what I'm doing and I will sustain you through that. But if I start doing my own thing, now, see, now you got to be responsible for that because that's your own thing. But as I've said before, let's get on God's agenda yeah. of what he's already doing. And he says, that thing will surely prosper. We talked months ago about Genesis 1, about the blessed man. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Why? Why does it prosper whatever he does? Because he's meditating on the word. Because he's not taking the counsel of the ungodly. Because he's planted by the river of the spirit. That's why everything he does will prosper because he's rooted in everything concerning God. So anything he sets his hand to do will already be in line with what the spirit is already doing. So the work will be sustained by the one who started. One of the ways that he sustains the work is through the power of the spirit, right? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. In Galatians chapter three, when Paul is talking to the Galatian church and they begin to they begin to get off because they, they got saved. They believed by faith. But then they begin to, wait a minute, try and still be justified by the works of the flesh or by the law of Moses, right? And he had to tell them in Galatians chapter 3, he says, he says, how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? He says, after starting in faith, after starting by the spirit, are you now trying to reach maturity by the works of the flesh? He said, make, Paul was like, make it make sense. Make it make sense, bro. How in the world you start in the spirit, but now you're going to reach maturity by the flesh. He said that don't add up. Something, something's not calculating right with that. He says, listen, if, if, in order to be matured in the things of the spirit, you have to stay in connection with the spirit and continue to put faith in Christ because you came into this by faith in Christ. So what makes you think this is this? This is this, this is good. This is because this is what we do. We believe we none of us have seen Jesus. We weren't there when he died. Is it physically right? We all, if you're saved today, came in by faith. So why do we think we can walk this walk in our own strength? He says you got to walk it by faith because you got in the door by faith. And in order to go any further in the levels of the spirit and what God has for you, you got to continue to do it by faith. Because if I get in, if I get in the door by faith and then try and walk it in, in my own strength, that's how I end up walking in the flesh. Because he said your own strength is not sufficient enough. And so one of the ways he sustains this work and continues it, he says, you have to continue to depend on the spirit. Don't just believe in Jesus for salvation. Believe in him to continue to sanctify and mature us. So our job is to continue to believe after we believe. Continue to trust in him after we have initially trusted in him. That is one way that we are sustained in this work. Another way that we are sustained is by abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. In John 15, verse 14, where he says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. We have to continually abide in him. And that word in that in that passage, abide or in the King James says abide or the New Living Translation says remain. 
that word, that Greek word, it means to stay in a given place or a state in relation, or this is a key word, in expectancy, and to continue to dwell and to continue to endure, my God. So, so, so when he said remain in me, my God, this is good. See, this is good. I got to lean into this a little bit. He said, when I'm telling you to remain in me, I'm telling you stay in an expectant dwelling place with me. Come on, God, that's, that's good right there. He said, stay in, a, in an expectant dwelling place with me. I'm not, I'm not just saying stay in a room, but stay in a place where you are dwelling with me. You are enduring with me. You are present with me each and every day. You are walking with me. You're not just sitting idly on remaining. I'm saying, no, he said, you are enduring through the trials of life. You are carrying through in a place of expectancy, knowing that if you remain in him, he says, you will begin to produce much fruit because you've been attached to me with an expected faith. He said, that's the type of thing I'm saying when you remain and you abide an enduring faith that outlasts every storm, a present in his presence. Being present in his presence. That's the type of way that we are sustained when we remain in, in that way and in that place. And we are sustained as we remain. Now, God, write that down. We are sustained as we remain. Sustain. I'm going to say it one more time. Thank you, Father. My dad, push it. Push it, Father. Thank you. Appreciate it. We are sustained as we remain. So as you remain in him, he says, I'll continue to sustain you. My God. Because apart from me, remember, you do nothing. You do nothing apart from me. But if you remain, you will be sustained. And this is the last thing here. Christ started the work. Christ will sustain the work. I wish I had an S word, but, you know, I ain't got good at it. And, and we're going to keep it simple. Christ will finish the work. Amen. That's the last thing. I appreciate y'all guess that one. Okay. It's, <laughs> you get the point. I work on my sermon points. Uh, like I shouldn't be S. Thought sustaining. Uh, satisfied. All right. Then we'll get it next. Come back next week. I'll have something. Um, <laughs> it says this. It says he will sustain the work until it is finally finished. Right? So God has promised that what I've started, I will sustain and I will see it through to the end. Right. He said that we and this is what I want you to remember here is that we do not have a God that will leave us half done, halfway saved, halfway delivered, halfway healed and halfway whole. Right. We have a God that, like he says, he that began to work will surely see it through to the end. So if I started a work of delivering you. Oh, don't worry. I will see it all the way through. If I started a work of healing you from childhood trauma, don't worry. We go, it might take some time, but we're going to get all the way to the end of this thing to where we're not broken down about it each and every day, right? If I started a work of transforming you, don't worry. You, you're going to get it. It might take a little work, but I, he given us, he's given us a promise that I will finish what I started. God don't do stuff. Half, my dad, he's, since he's here, I got to use it. He said, don't, don't do stuff halfway. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it half done. You know, you, you half cleaned the kitchen and it's still, the, the glasses are dirty. I, I can appreciate it. Don't, don't have it. God is not like, he don't do stuff half done. To where he starts things like, oh, okay, that's, you're good enough. No, he, my God, he doesn't want you good enough. He wants you whole. He wants you healed. He wants you free. Not just, are oh, you free enough? You can still run with a couple chains. Nah, no, no, you can still, you know, come. To, okay, you got a few chains. You're not a bit, but no, no, no. He's like, I want you completely full, completely whole, completely healed. And I promise I will not leave the job undone. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, remember, it says that Jesus Christ is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's the author, another translation of the King James, that's how I used to read it. He's the author and the finisher. Right. He is he, he he is strong enough to start and strong enough to finish. 
And so we can lean on that promise to know that though he is the pioneer, the one that breaks into new territory, the one that opens new pathways, the one that kicks open new doors, he's pioneered this faith by his work on the cross, but he also has promised to bring us to maturity, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. It says that the purpose of the fivefold, and I'll paraphrase it for you, the purpose of the fivefold ministry, right, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, teachers, is so that the body of Christ can reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and, and check this out, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The note translation, it says attaining to the full stature of the measure of Christ. He says that what I have for you, it's not a broken down thing, but I want you raised up from brokenness into the full stature of Christ. As the Bible says in Galatians, Paul says, I'm travailing until Christ is formed in you, fully formed in you to where there is no space of you where Christ has not made himself into. That is the place he says, I'm getting you to. And I promise I will get you to if you stay in line with what I'm doing. I'm bringing you to full maturity. Until you stand up in the full measure of Christ. If, if, if 2021, you've been in the half measure, okay, 22, we now need to get to the full measure, right? If, if, if 19 was a, was a mark, okay, now let's move to the full measure, the full stature of Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in you, right? That is the place that he has for us to be. He, and he's promised that I will see this work through to the end. He, he's promised that if you will remain in me, if you will do the things that I've already started to do in you, I have made a promise that I will see it through. He will see it through to the end. He will see this rock church through to the end. Whenever that end place is, if it's five years, if it's 10 years, if it's 77 years now and I'm long gone, he says, I will complete this mission, but do what I said. He will see the work in you, what he has called you to do. He says, do what I said, do. Stay in the place with me of expectant faith remaining in me. And I promise that I will carry it through to the end. And we can rest on the fact that because we know that God has brought us to the place, he will sustain us in the place and he will complete the work in us in the place. He's brought us to the place and he will sustain us in the place, providing, making ways and opening doors. And he's promised that the work will be as you stay in line with me and as you allow me to sustain you. Amen. Amen. Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes. Amen.